Hi, and welcome to Emerging Markets Today. I'm your host, Ana Paula Picasso. This episode is about a very hot topic, social media trends in emerging markets. To talk about that, I invited Andy Tian, the CEO of Asia Innovations Group, the company behind UpLive, Lamour, and other leading live social apps. We talked about what live social is, also live shopping, and why Andy thinks the next big social media platform is coming from emerging markets. Emerging markets has a lot of has a lot of people, right? And the, the and the, the demographic emerging markets are a lot younger than Europe, US, mm-hmm. Japan, Korea, etc. So I think those things are combined create a very, very different and obviously emerging market is very, very diverse, right? So uh, from Arabs in um MENA region to uh to Brazilians, right, where you're from. So yeah. I think that these are, are I think that the the um these present unique opportunities and challenges for social parts. If you want to know more about Asia Innovations Group and NDTN, I'll put all the links in the description. And don't forget to check out EmergingMarkets.today. Now you can help to keep EMT free from ads and paywall by simply donating any amount via PayPal or cryptocurrencies directly on the website. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode and don't forget to follow Emerging Markets Today in your favorite podcast platform. Hi, Andy. Hi, Anna. Hi, how are you today? Good, good, good. We're going to talk about a hot topic, which is social media. Yeah, we had a prep call before, so we're not going to do like a country specific Let's just talk about yeah. emerging markets in general because they all have yeah. a common denominator. Is the next Facebook or Instagram coming from emerging markets? Very good question. Uh, I grew up in the States, right? So uh, I was at Google uh-huh. and Zinger before. So a lot of my friends were, were a part of a, you know, the, the uh, US social networks, right? They have dominated the world mm-hmm. for last, really the last 10 years, right? So uh, I remember um, Instagram was was actually founded in uh, 2010. It's been 11 years now. So yeah, that's right. Time flies. Yeah. And Facebook even before that. So I think that you know for past 10, 15 years, uh, all the social networks used by the, in the entire world, including emerging markets, were from US, made by folks in, in Silicon Valley. And I think that we, I think that that in the last couple of years, though. We've seen some interesting, very interesting trends, right? So TikTok obviously is the biggest social media trend, and that came out of China. So, and then we've seen, uh, and also many other uh, social products, uh, and they they are are emerging in the emerging markets. So, um, mm-hmm. and of which we are a large part of my company. So, yeah, Asian Innovation Group. So we we are probably the largest social. Uh, portfolio of products uh, across all emerging markets right now. So we've seen that we've seen definitely uh, uh, this this trend accelerating. I mean, when we started about eight years ago, we're we're probably one of the only people who actually want to build sp- customize social apps for emerging market. But now we've seen a lot more. 
So I think that this is a um, this is a generational shift, right? I think that this uh, this is why we talk about the second generation of social products are going to be um, made in emerging markets for emerging markets. Mm-hmm. When you say for emerging markets, Andy, uh, what do you mean by that? We're here in China was well still is emerging part of emerging markets, right? So in many ways. I think emerging markets versus the developed markets are very, very different. The developed mm-hmm. markets, uh, uh, such as US, where I grew up, and the Europe, which you reside in, are um, a, a very, very different, right? So economically speaking, culturally, and also uh, um, uh, language-wise and religion-wise from emerging markets. And just simply put, emerging markets have a much lower uh, like GDP per capita, therefore, mm-hmm. And uh, many, many of the economies in emerging markets are still developing. Therefore, you know their infrastructures are still uh, uh, um, uh, are still incomplete, right? Uh, and many parts in the economy are still, shall I say, you know, at a uh, lower end. So, but emerging markets has a lot of has a lot of people, right? And the, the and the the demographic emerging markets are a lot younger than Europe, US. Mm-hmm. Japan, Korea, etc. So I think those things are combined create a very, very different. And obviously, emerging markets are very, very diverse, right? So uh, from Arabs in MENA um, region to uh, to Brazilians, right, where you're from. So yeah. I think that these are, are I think that the the um, these present unique opportunities and challenges for social parts. Yeah, yeah. I just want to go back to what you mentioned. The one of the challenges is the lack of infrastructure. So let's say, if you go out from the main urban areas, internet access is very patchy. Also, another point I want to I wanted to mention is people do have smartphones. But they're not yeah. top range smartphones. They would say middle range smartphones, Correct. which right. is they have limited uh, capacity, they have limited memory. Also, data, even for a country like Brazil, data is still very expensive. The majority yeah. of people still have prepaid plans. So they're very, yeah. they're very, they don't want to spend their credits with data. Or if they yeah. do want to spend it, it has to be worth it. So how do you these apps, these new apps, overcome these challenges for user acquisition and user right. retention? You're right. I mean, phones is the phones is the uh, is the um, is the number one and most most important economic instrument, right, for many of us right now in emerging markets because people have skipped landline, right, so far. So many, many, uh, uh, many, many users and families, for example, in India, in Indonesia, in Egypt, they don't have any landlines, they don't have any kind of a, a, a PC. All they have is a mobile phone. So literally the mobile phone is the single device that a person relies on for all professional, personal and entertainment activities, right? So many of them don't even have the TV. So I think, and then the... Uh, for emerging markets, uh, the smart, a high-power smartphone such as iPhone, are still too expensive for the average person. However, you know the uh, the uh, the Chinese uh, uh, smartphone manufacturer in the last four or five years 
have really, I, I would say, become one of the driving forces of, uh, of uh, uh, mobile phone infrastructure adoption uh, in the emerging markets, right? For example, my, uh, one of my longtime investors, Hugo Barra, he's Brazilian, <laughs> and then also yes, he, was right. the, he was VP of Android and also he was VP of Global for Xiaomi. And he was single-handedly responsible for taking Xiaomi phones to many, many countries around the world and, for example, become number one uh, in, in India. So that's really uh, able to offer the power and capability of an iPhone at, you know, one third of the price. And that's really democratized sort of the, uh, the, the, the information access and allow apps like us to flourish in emerging markets who otherwise will require, you know, a lot more, uh, a, 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 will only be accessible to um, the uh, more richer um, uh, population. Data usage, however, varies widely. I think data usage is actually going to be a, a relatively um, less, uh, a less of, a, uh, of an issue because um, in many, in fact, we see that many of our users do not uh, do not travel very much, <laughs> especially in the, in the uh, last 18 months in pandemic. Okay, they stay yeah. home, right? They stay home and or they stay at uh, a location. Whereas there's a lot of Wi-Fi available. So I think that the data cost is not a, uh, a big deal. It's not a big obstruction for emerging market top social. Well, another um, one, one of the biggest barrier to adoption is actually mobile payment is payment infrastructure. I would say that it's not um, the the biggest barrier to companies in general um, who are growing their mobile apps, business in emerging market is a lack of of, uh, consistent, frictionless mobile payment channels. For example, in the US and New York, everybody has credit cards. So everybody uses Google Pay and Apple Pay. That's not a problem, right? But what happens in emerging markets where 90% of, of the users don't have credit cards or bank accounts, they have to use alternative payment providers. This is why guys like this is this actually is suddenly an explosion of payment companies this year, right? That's right emerging markets. Yeah. And like challenger Europe. banks as well. Exactly. 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 Uruguay's D local is valued at 90 times revenue, huge uh-huh. for a payment company. And new bank, of course, from, from Brazil. So I think that these these uh, this is a this payment a better payment infrastructure allows companies like us to able to get revenue directly from the end users, and that's I mean being able to get revenue is one of the biggest mm-hmm. uh, uh, obviously driving factors for for business going forward. And uh, the last thing I'll say around that is that. In, again, in developed countries like U.S., Europe, um, ads-based revenue model are very, very mature because mm-hmm. ads, CPMs are high. In emerging markets, CPMs are very, very low. So any mobile apps that uh, traditionally rely on an ad-based model can't grow. So, Yeah, that's a real challenge, especially... Because people don't want to use ads, don't want to see ads. Yeah, yes. I myself, I know few people, even in Brazil, they use ad blockers in yes. their phones, etc. 
So what's live social? What would be the next trend? Right, right. I think uh, live social by definition means that we are socializing online with live video and live voice, exactly like we're doing right now. So I think the, 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 the use case of live social has been around for ages, right? When we make mm-hmm. a phone call, it's live social, it's live voice social. But I think that uh, uh, um, with the, uh, the adoption of live streaming technology, we actually enable these live social video and voice to be a, a, a massive group socializing effort, right? For example, on our, our platform, you have up to nine people doing live video chats at the same time. That's one of the biggest use cases actually for of our live streaming for our video social platform is for people to chat with uh, uh, with eight other people together. And I think that that's actually something that is uh, uh, we see that as as the emerging market embracing it very very quickly, more quickly than say the um, the Western developed markets because people are. I think that when you in going to emerging markets, you said people are actually willing to try new things a lot more. And the, the, wow. there isn't such as a, there isn't such as, oh, this is the way we, we're used to, to doing things and then um, slow to change. I think the speed of the willingness and the openness to new models and uh, new more social is what's really driving the live social adoption. It's not necessarily, I think coronavirus, uh, COVID definitely has something to do with it, but this trend actually started before uh, coronavirus, right? right? So it's I think the pandemic, really, yeah, it's, it's merely accelerated. Yeah, merely accelerated the trend because TikTok was big way before that, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and yeah. I think that we are only seeing the tip of the iceberg. Uh, there are uh, live video and live voice are just uh, basic features like texting, right? <laughs> so yes, and sending right. pictures. There'll be new and new, uh, there'll be a lot more new ways of doing that uh, um, when we go see. So apart from TikTok, Andy, which are the other apps you think are going to come out of emerging markets that you believe they have a lot of potential? I, I know it's hard to predict this sort of thing. Yeah. Do you want to mention anyone? Sure. I mean, I think that, you know, like uh, live video is a, is a big part of it, right? So that's growing from um uh that's growing from for example uh from china uh and extending globally our own live video platform called up live is the number one independent um live streaming platform across okay. emerging markets and that grow that's growing uh very very quickly um around that and then the there's also obviously uh dating apps right when you talk about when we, we, ma- we match a young demographic and who are uh, who are very very social and this and, tra- and traditionally there has only been tinder and bumble yeah Badu around right for a long time but these are all apps made in western markets mm-hmm. I think our own apps uh, our own dating apps are probably one of the first ones that are made for emerging markets for example one of our apps called Lamore is now the number one downloaded dating app across okay. uh, Middle East, uh, and, and India, and Southeast Asia. It is, uh, uh, and also uh, it's, do, it's doing quite well in South America as well. Because, you know, dating 
dating behavior is very, very different for young people in emerging markets, and which they, many of them are very, very okay with just online. <laughs> They're not looking for, or they cannot, physically cannot meet up, right, in, okay. in these days. So it becomes, it's more fun dating to, to, uh, to what we call social discovery and uh, online socializing. That okay. opens up to, to a huge areas of social innovations. Um, and we've seen some of that from, uh, from, for example, a, a, uh, their, their games, uh, that are with live video integrated, a uh, live social integrated with them, like a Ludo game that is quite popular in Middle East where you play a game and you can live chat, voice chat and video chat at the same time. So I think these are, are some of the, the, the uh, diverse social uh, use cases that we're seeing. What about live shopping? I know in China they have their own platforms, but I've seen some brands, I think starting here in Europe, doing on Instagram or doing a, like a live shopping. I think here in Europe we're going to go, uh, it's something that reminds us of infomercial, like late night TV. But now things are moving to yeah. social media. So yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about this live yeah. shopping trend? Yes. Uh, live shopping trend is the biggest in China right now, right? So in, uh, in 2020, uh, the, uh, in 2020, the uh, um, uh, live, streaming, um, uh, live streaming shopping uh, industry in China passed uh, one trillion RMB, which is wow. about 150 billion dollars. <laughs> so wow. that is that is huge, right? And that's that doubled that doubled um, the uh, the size of the industry in 2019. So and they're still growing very much this year. I think that that's also because um, a confluence of two factors. One, the huge live streaming itself is a uh, is mass market or mass market in China. Number two, e-commerce is huge in China. Mm -hmm. So those things naturally uh, kind of marry together, right? So I think that, and of course, of course uh, COVID helped as well because more, more people are staying home and not going out to buy stuff. So I think that the, uh, you're right. I mean, I, I remember like when I was growing up watching QVC late at night, right? People were, were selling all sorts of stuff yeah. <laughs> online yeah. on TV. So I think yeah, they still around in um in the UK. We don't have it here in Sweden, but I remember right. even like fifteen years ago they were very yes. big. Yeah. I mean the Swedes I mean Swedes are are are, 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 are always far more uh, rational than Americans or <laughs> or British anyways. So the so I think that the, uh, the, the there's probably a lot uh, like better time to be had uh, than watching TV because watching TV QB live to shopping it's a uh, passive experience, right? Because right. It's, it's, a, it's TV, you got to call, it's very difficult. Here on mobile phone, again, the key about making uh, social experience is frictionless. We always aim to have a friction, frictionless experience for users. For example, it's one tap for anyone, for, for any users, our app to start live streaming. It's one tap to get to this, it's one tap to do this. And then live mobile live streaming shopping, 
is one tab to buy. Well, that's good for the seller, right? May not be that best, may not be the best for the for, uh, for the person, but then it really gives that immediate purchasing experience. And you can ask. I think most importantly is that because it's live, live enable the user on the phone to ask questions. That's right. And get real time answers. Yeah. I think that's one of the the the, the most most attractive feature of live video because otherwise you know you can watch a a recorded video of a shopping product it's not really it's not so much about live streaming is a great way to showcase the product because you can showcase that in a video too right commercial too so it's not but it's not so much about showcasing the product it's about being able to interact real time ask questions and making the experience entertaining making shop yes. taking shopping really to an entertainment level of experience the 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 the, the biggest shopping KOLs in China all have their sticks right so one guy says oh my god that's that's his thing right and then over the top it's much i think it's 80% entertainment 20% shopping <laughs> is it that's great yes. that's great. i was going to say there's a big overlap between entertainment and shopping one point you mentioned and i want to highlight is the frictionless experience because yeah. i've seen a couple of brands here in sweden doing live live shopping on instagram but then you have to go to their website yes. or you have to click yes. on the link yes. and then it will redirect yes. you to another um to their own website and then you have to buy there. Yeah, you say you do everything in the app, so it doesn't redirect you to anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the key things, right? So I think that we're just in the first, we're also uh, as big as live shopping, live streaming shopping is in China, it's still in the very beginning, right? Because okay. um, number one, it's uh, there's a lot of issues with, with uh, uh, like product quality, right? So what makes, how do you, how does a KOL or a, uh, a streamer know what quality this product is, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so how do you handle returns? How do you handle, uh, and then the, I think that the, uh, uh, there has been many, many crackdowns, which is, which is natural in early stage of any, uh, uh, of any business uh, uh, segment. Um, a lot of customer complaints, a lot of fake products being being hawked, so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. So I think that that, that 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 part, but it's here to stay, and then it will be. I think that it, it's it's it hasn't caught on as much uh, outside China. I think it's because of that of the first platform of the of live live streaming and video sort of platforms are not yet mass market outside. That's the main reason. Right. That's right. So, yeah. So, what's what are the platforms, uh, the live shopping platforms used in China? Uh, actually, people don't. There are no dedicated platforms. Okay. The biggest platforms are, are are created by the e, by the e-commerce platforms like Taobao, like JD, etc. Mm -hmm. So, I, I think that you know, as we as we are as our live video platform expand um, across emerging markets. We're we're getting increasing number of uh, uh, e-commerce partners coming to us and hey, can we can we do live shopping on your 
platform. And many of our streamers are also asked us, hey, can we hawk some products, <laughs> right? So yeah. I think that we are trying to keep a lid on it for now, but it's a natural uh, area of expansion for us as we, as we grow bigger. Oh, definitely, definitely. I I think it's going to be, you said it's still in the first phase and still in the first, um, still in the beginning, but exactly. I think maybe in a couple of years, everything can change. Yes. And yeah. Shall we talk about more like broad, the opportunities in emerging markets more broadly, like sure, the, sure. the recent IPOs? Yeah. I mean, you know, you've seen what's, what's kind of interesting is that emerging market has been, I think the business market, the investor market, whatnot, everybody is, uh, is still kind of a, a, a seeing uh, the, uh, I mean, IPOs are, are, are are, are uh, fast and furious, right? This, furious these two years. Right? I think that th- that this year, yeah, like I'm just seeing this from my from my emerging market kind of business point of view, is that I'm seeing that this year may be the year of uh, kind of emerging markets. Mm-hmm. You have so many, you have so many emerging. I mean, last year there was only one company called Yala that went IPO in okay. the Middle East. That's it, okay. and then. There has been very few emerging market IPOs in the past. There's, I think that this Mercado Libre, right? That was yeah. one of them. And C Group from Southeast Asia. But this year, there's a whole bunch, right? With yes, the, which the ones are... Company. Sorry. Uh, so for D-Lo- 2021, which ones are coming up now? Uh, well, the one that, uh, uh, the ones, some of the few few ones that went already was, was, uh, um, the local, from Uruguay, right? That just went public a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, um, there was a, a, an, an, a huge IPO in India uh, as well. So there was a, a um, I think Paytm, another mm-hmm. payment company in India, is preparing for an, an IPO. Right, the model is mm-hmm. also looking at, in India, also looking at, at an IPO. Of course, a Grab. The Southeast, Southeast Asian company that was that announced that they're going IPO via SPAC, about uh-huh. $40 billion. So that's alone, I can just right off and come back that, like at least five huge ones yeah. from emerging markets. But I'm so, sure it's, it's uh, I'm sure there'd be more. So, no, definitely, definitely. So, Grab is the Uber of Southeast Asia for people that are not too familiar with it. Correct. And, Correct. Um, yeah. So they come. They doing through SPAC. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a. Uh, it's so this year there there might be more emerging market IPOs mm-hmm. than than any than an entire past, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's gonna be probably uh, there's lots of still gonna be announced that we don't know yet. So exactly we need to watch exactly. that. We need exactly. to work yeah. there. So, Andy, now it's time to talk about yourself and your career. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about Asia Innovations Group, sure. and how did you end up with creating different apps, different social media apps? Sure. So basically, you know, so um, I think I think everything you do is uh, uh, is a function and product of your background experiences and. Right. Uh, your own interests, right? So my background is that I was born in China when I was 10. I moved to 
the States. So I grew up in New York, went to MIT for computer science and um, have been back to Asia and China since 2000. So like I was, uh, when I came back to, uh, to China, I was uh, um, one of the team that started uh, one of the earliest uh, music oriented websites in China in 2000. Think of it as MySpace for, uh, except in China in 2000. So, uh, and then I was at, uh, afterwards I went to BCG for consulting for two years to learn more about strategy and business. And then I joined Google when they first went in China in 05. So I led Google's mobile business from 05 to 07 and particularly introduced Android system into China. So my involvement with mobile and especially Android started back in 2006 and then in 2008, I started a, a social game company. So if you remember back then on Facebook, you probably get spammed by all your relatives asking for gifts, right, um, on your farms. Oh, yes, so, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, Farm. so many people yeah, asked to, 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 to become friends and all this stuff. So, the um, yeah, so basically we were, we were one of the earliest social apps, but except we're based in Beijing. Mm-hmm. But building English-based uh, social games on Facebook. So 2010, Zynga acquired my company to become Zynga China. So ran Zynga China for about three years. Zynga China was the largest independent studio outside SF headquarters for Zynga. And we built uh, global products, again, based in China, but built uh, games in 10 different languages across web and mobile. So... Kind of what we, we kind of Asian innovations were started back in 2013. It's but it continues my experiences of building international products based out of China since 2008. So it's natural. So what what we're doing now is, is a natural extension of past experiences. And really, the vision for Asian innovations really is to see that so many of these social, uh, mobile social innovation in China, but you know uh, it's locked in China because it's all in Chinese. And uh, uh, in in a very kind of enclosed ecosystem I in see. China, I see. And we saw that a lot of that could work for emerging markets international because China again is an emerging market uh, uh, country. So a lot of the so that's how we that's where we have built AIG so far. Um, I mean, eight years later, I think we have we are uh, we we're, we're we're about to pass four hundred million users across our product portfolio, you know, over 150 countries and uh, over 15 apps total. 15 so apps, wow. 15 apps, taps, total, total. Some big ones, some small ones, right? We have some... So which one's yeah. the biggest ones? You mentioned yes. Uplive? <laughs> yes, Uplive is our, our biggest independent uh, live video app. Mm-hmm. And How many Lamar, users? That has uh, so Uplive has over two hundred million users so far. Wow! And then, In what, how many countries? Uh, also, a hundred over hundred countries for Uplive. Oh, okay. And then uh, for Lamore, um, it's um, Uplive has been around for six years now. Mm-hmm. And then Lamore, we have Lamore is our, uh, our our one of our dating products. It's now the, the number one downloaded like dating app across emerging markets. So. Uh, we also have fan social products and we're releasing new ones because we believe mm-hmm. that, um, again, it's that uh, not one size fits all, right? 
So of course, I think course. the first generation, because nobody had no, like nobody had asked for, right? Mike Krieger, the, uh, the, the co-founder of Instagram and also one of our, our, our um, uh, investors, when he created, when, when he created uh, Instagram, was the first photo app. So of course everybody used it, but now uh, I think that uh, different countries and demographic emerging market want their own thing. So we'll see. And so we want to build, you know, as uh, as customized, as diverse, and mm-hmm. experience possible. Yeah, there'll be more niche apps as well. So you have the big ones like Applive and Lemur, and then you have the what would, what would you say more niche apps. Yeah, I mean it, it depends on how you define niche, right? So, for example, mm-hmm. our uh, one of our dating apps called Amigo is for Spanish-speaking uh, 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 users. The Spanish-speaking population isn't exactly niche, so uh, it's, right, of course, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty big, right? So we have it's a big. Niche. Uh, so I think that there's there's, there's two huge, because we're it's so new, right? This kind of this idea of delivering uh, different app experiences for different languages and culture is is relatively new. Uh, the huge, huge opportunities there. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, Andy. If people want to contact you, what's the best way? Are you looking for investors? What are you looking for at the moment? I mean, I think that we are we're we're quite okay with our investors. I mean, mm-hmm. our, our our informations are on our website www.asianinnovations.com. So. I think right now, just uh, uh, because we are, you know, the biggest social company uh, for emerging markets. So five major emerging market regions, right? Middle East, North Africa, Pan-India, Southeast Asia, bit of China, and uh, South America. So we're always looking for interesting partnerships with uh, local uh, consumer businesses. I think that's one thing that's, uh, uh, as a company grows, we'll do more of it. So if you're interested in working with us, just uh, come visit or please yeah. just download our, our our app and become one of our users. Uh, definitely, definitely. I would definitely download Applive. I'm very interested. So yeah, but definitely I'll put all the links in the description. If anyone listening now wants to know more about Asian Innovations Group, one of their apps, Applied, Lamour, and others. You are on LinkedIn as well, aren't you, Andy? Correct. LinkedIn, yeah. yeah. Just search for LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'll put the LinkedIn also in the description. Right. And, well, it was a pleasure to have you here on my podcast, Emerging Markets Today. It was a little bit different of an episode because usually I, the previous episode I do concentrated in one country, but it's nice to have a more broad view of emerging markets, especially with social media. Great. great. Uh, thank you for having me on the show and um, great questions. And um, hopefully we'll stay in touch. Thank yeah, you so much. Definitely, definitely. I can't wait for live shopping to come to Europe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you, Andy. Bye. Thank you.